Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sandspants Radio. Australia's most biased podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George Dimarellis. This is a show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. Today on the show, we have the creative director, no, creative producer for his own production company, Everybody Panic Productions, Reese Salmon. How are you doing, Reese? Good, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Good to have you on. I uh, overthought, I think, that introduction a little bit, but that's all right. I think I <laughs> got there in the end. I mess with people too. Sometimes you can say creative director, you can say creative producer. It does depend what mood I'm in. So, okay. Is there actually a difference? Now, see, <laughs> this I don't know. See, that's why okay. I can say both. I'm not someone with uh, vast actual industry knowledge should know these things. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not that man. I'm not that okay. man. Let's <laughs> like honest straight out of the gates. I rate that because, like, yes, because like the thing is, because you obviously you, you work in TV as well as like having your own agency and. I think one of the things people don't know what it is uh, more than anything else is a producer. <laughs> like, what does a producer do? <laughs> it's it is hard. the loosest term for it's. It's also one of the things I found too. If you've ever like tried to job search producer, like on LinkedIn or something like that, you will get one of a million jobs, and each like job description will all mean something very different. They'll have very different ideas of what a producer is. So, mm. yeah, it's not the easiest one. It's not like a you do this, therefore you do X, Y, Z. It's you could do any number of things. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Just, just, just yeah, and it could be like really engaged or not that engaged as well. It's just super loose, from my understanding, from my experience. Producers, there can be yeah, you can have someone who does nothing and someone who does like so, like carries the whole thing so yeah it's very I've, true <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen that range bear um cool well uh so let's start with the book and then we'll jump around from there i feel with this book we're gonna have plenty of chance to jump into you and your own history and stuff so your choice of book for today is uh the war of art by stephen pressfield a classic of creativity. I mean, I guess I'll, I, I, I usually give the, the very brief description of what this is. It is essentially, and I I just realized I've based this completely on my memory of having read it. And I did double <laughs> check to make sure that I was remembering the right book. So you could correct me right now that I've misremembered the complete wrong book. But basically, it's a different aphorism on every page, like one little brief thing on each page of how to basically be creative and the kind of things you come up against. And it is essentially one page. You can just pick it up anywhere and any page and it they're all self-enclosed. It's almost just like a bunch of statements or whatever about the attitude to have towards 
being creative. How does that sound? Does that? That's you, you did nail it. You didn't get it confused with the other one, the, the art of war, which a lot of other people think it is. Uh, very different. <laughs> Similar philosophies in some parts. Less killing of uh, one's enemies uh, mm-hmm. and conquering them, but uh, definitely still inspirational in its own way. <laughs> so you're killing the budget deadlines. You know, you're killing the uh, yes, <laughs> the box office, whatever it is. I don't know. That's, yeah. <laughs> Take that box office. Yes. Ah, what box of that doesn't exist anymore? Come on. <laughs> it's 2021. <laughs> that shit is finished. All right. I, okay. So, yeah, it's it's a random one because it's not a book in the sense of like a narrative or anything like that or even like it is just a bunch of short little, I don't know, pump up things or little reminders that you're, you're what you're experiencing isn't just you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those weird ones because, yeah, it's – it's it's all those lots of different little quotes. And when I first got a friend sort of was telling me about it, I was like, oh, that sounds a bit naff. I'm like, I don't think yeah. I'm into those types of books. Like it was just a conversation and he was actually we were just talking about, I think, writing or something. And he was dropping all these quite, you know, profound things. I was like, man, you know, you've changed. Where, where's this from? Um, and then he, just- he, he, I thought he was a genius. That's hilarious. <laughs> he just memorized them. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was just dropping them. And he's like, oh, no, it's actually from this book. You should read it. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he was explaining it. And yeah, a, a bit like it is. It's a hard book to explain. But then once you do sort of read through it, there's also that there is a weird structure to it. There's like three parts. There's like the initial opening, which is all about like learning about resistance is what she's like, like the big theme of it, which is, you know, for whatever creative whatever that's your creative block or the the things you put in the way of being successful or creative. Um, and then there's also like an, another one that's about, you know, being the professional and, and being a pro at whatever you do. And then the last one, which does lose me a little bit, is when he starts talking about like creative angels and all that sort of stuff and it gets a bit. So it's still the same premise. It's still those quotes and parts, but then he starts talking about you're in a muse and all that sort of stuff as well. So that does take on an interesting sort of, as well as his own life anecdotes and experience in there as well. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, I think that's probably maybe why it doesn't feel like a, you know, dance like nobody's watching experience. Yeah. I guess first off, where, when did you first read this? Uh, I reckon this would have been probably five, uh, five or six years ago. Um, I said, yeah, it was literally just from, yeah, just from five or six years ago, for conversation in, in the kitchen with a with a work colleague, just talking about creative stuff. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm bringing it in. And I was like, because uh, I can be a bit funny with recommendations sometimes, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you know, sometimes people give you a recommendation and then you're like, it's either you don't trust that person's recommendation or like, it's just like a snobby thing where you're just like, you don't tell me what I like. Well, you know, you don't know me. Ah. And so you're like, I, I won't read that now, you know? I don't know if I, I was really, I was coming with you on the first one, but that second one sounded a lot worse. That's just like emo, uh, you know, <laughs> angsty, uh, you're not the boss of me uh, behavior coming out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, watch that. this. No, I'm not watching that. <laughs> no, no, no. From you? Not into it. No. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, look, uh, recommendations always very stressful. I, I kind of, uh, I don't, I re- I'm upset how few people ever ask me for my recommendations, you know. But uh, the fact is, the one so- other side, though, is no one ever listens to anything anyway. Like, no, no one ever reads any books you recommend. I'm possibly the only one who probably would in a lot of t- instances, but in general, people never actually take in any of your recommendations. I used to put too much pressure on myself thinking, fuck, I've got to get it right. Man, no it's hard right. enough 
it's hard enough to get someone to watch a TV show, which they don't have to actively be too involved. They just have to sit there and, and turn it on. But to get someone to physically buy a book, yeah, it was the only reason I did read it was because he, he literally brought in his copy and was like, you have to take this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, well, this is, yep, okay, I have to now. Like, I now feel bad. Yeah, that's a uh, guilt. That's always a powerful one. I actually had someone give me a book a little while ago and I was like, oh, I guess I have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's in my hand. I can't really get out of it. You touched it last. It's yours now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty- <laughs> so I guess did it? Yeah, there's a few things to it, which is really interesting. So I guess uh, firstly, as well, do you do much self help stuff? Do you read those kind of books as well, or is this kind of like an outlier? Yeah, well, that's uh, I've always I think uh, personal, you know, that self pride of I don't need help, or I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, or order to believe that that idea that someone can tell you. Um, to be be you, but better uh, is an interesting thing for, for myself. So fuck you, I'm the yeah. best already. <laughs> yeah, it's like, have you seen me? No, um, so not not from that extreme of it. But yeah. it's yeah, it was. I always thought, you know, you think sometimes more to that that the um, caricature of it, like that American motivational speaker, you know, that big guy in front of the crowd. Do you want to make a million dollars in the next ten minutes? Well, listen to me. That's how I sort of took it was I'm like, yeah. oh, this is going to be, it's a sales pitch or I've got to do something at the end of it or I've got to, you know, mail $10 uh, to some country um, and then the heavens will give back to me. You know, I was a bit a bit suspect on it. I don't know why I was so suspicious. I don't know who's hurt me in the past. Um, <laughs> but You're just beaten with a self-help book when you were a child. <laughs> yeah, so tragic. It's so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> it was a yellow pages of self-help. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> wow. um, um, so, but yeah, so that that was probably why. It was not usually something um, I've done. And same thing, it's too. It's like a mad, mad um, man of ADD. So staying focused, I'm either laser focused because I'm enjoying it and I'm passionate about it or I'm all over the show. So it's like if I'm going to try and sit down and concentrate on something, it has to be able to like be interesting enough and self-help stuff was definitely not something I ever thought would, uh, would keep me in one spot. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. That's, that, that makes it actually more impressive that this managed to hook you so well. So what, like, was it at that time you were kind of looking for something like that? What made it like stand out for you though? Like what made, actually, yeah. what made you actually go, Oh damn, this is good. I think, we, I think the reason for us, for us, the conversation was basically that to be able to stay focused and creative, on, on projects and especially for myself at the time I was working a lot but uh, and I was working television at the time and and I loved it I really enjoyed my job it was really really cool but I always wanted to be creative I always wanted to write fun things I wanted to make uh, TV shows I was always pitching shows pitching ideas writing things but then probably we were talking about like that the consistency of it where you go I got an idea and then the idea gets really big and then they go let's make it and then all of a sudden it just all starts to fall apart when you have to be a bit more practical and, and and bring it to life. So I think I was talking about a bit about that that um the struggle with that the the annoyance of that failure of the not completing those projects and I think that's where he brought up my friend brought up was it oh it's like you've got like resistance and I was like what do you mean like rubber bands what like what do you mean and yeah and then we sort of that's where he started to come across as a very smart individual as he explained oh it's like blocking you things are in your life that are getting in the way of you being successful or following your creative passions and they're actually not your fault but they are usually your own creations or or things that you allow to be uh resistant to the positives you want to make Mm. 
So just to take a step, I guess, to explain a bit more about what it is you're doing, because you work obviously in the creative field in general, I guess, by saying it's weird to say like TV and stuff is the creative field, but it, it is. <laughs> a lot of it yeah. might not feel like it when you're in there. Um, did you like, what position are you holding in there? Are you just making, like, are you writing the stuff or are you filming the stuff? What exactly is your role there? Yeah, or, I've been. Or has it changed I've over been- time? Yeah, it's changed over time. So uh, I, it's a bit of a, a late, tra- late gear change when I was sort of, uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do for a long time. So sorry, this might be going way back too far. So excuse me if I deep dive, <laughs> but, but it's relevant. I promise. I promise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a long time. Then eventually I went back and studied, uh, film and digital media, uh, at university and through that got the opportunities to, to work at a, a television network and became a floor manager. Um, and was that for a number of years and. While I was doing that course, yeah, um, got to make some films and some and work in a TV studio, and I was like, oh wow, this is this is really what I'm hugely passionate about. I really really like this. I love telling stories, and I'd always been a bit of a character, you know, younger in front of camera stuff and and productions. But I for a lot of years had sort of gone away from that. I think I'd lost a lot of my confidence uh, in terms of being in front of camera. So yeah, so I just really enjoyed writing things and and building projects. And so while I was doing that full time uh day-to-day stuff of working on other people's tv shows which is their creative dreams i sort of was still trying to do my stuff uh on the side so that was me yeah we'd write stuff i'd produce stuff made a number of television pilots to try and pitch while i was at the network and things like that so i was always you know boss was always rolling his eyes as ah yep you're trying to do another project while you're still meant to be doing your full-time job um and that was fine because i didn't i didn't mind that that attitude that oh, he's doing it because they also did encourage it at the same time. So, mm. but eventually, yeah, it's got to the point. I think um, as of yeah November last year, I said after nine years, I stepped away from TV to to go work in my own production company because I missed being creative and as as much fun as it is working within those TV networks. Yeah, I was making other people's visions and ideas come to life. So I was like, well. I'm going to go do my own. You know, I'm going to uh, spend some time on making my own films, podcasts, things like that, and and you know, put myself in front of camera as a bit more front and center. So it means that I've kind of done. I guess that we laughed about all the different types of producer. I've probably been nearly all of those different types of producers at one time or another. Then you know, bit of bit of directing stuff, uh, lots of writing. So working like uh, with uh, one of your other guests, Mete, who was on a little while ago. We wrote a, a project together called Living with COVID. I'm not sure he may have mentioned it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so things like that. So just anything and everything creative that just gives me a chance to, yeah, make that creative stuff come to life. I just like telling weird stories. Yeah, okay. So, like, just because this is all going to be deeply intertwined with uh, the whole idea of resistance and stuff. So, I guess, firstly, mm. if it's not – why – you said there was a gap where you kind of didn't know what you wanted to do. Had you gone down a yeah. certain path before you switched or was it just like you finished school and you were just kind of floating around? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Like I, in school, I was like, uh, uh, all I did was uh, play sport and, and draw things. That was my my two things, and I was pro- never going to be good enough to be a professional athlete, uh, no matter how much I believed it might have been fun. But yeah, so when because I was good at drawing, my all my teachers are like, oh yeah, cool. You want to do art? You want to draw? You want to do all this stuff? So when I finished high school, I went and did um a course of it was basically helping you become a freelance graphic designer. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I like drawing. That sounds really, really cool. And then <laughs> went and did that course and was like, I don't really like this. <laughs> this is this is okay. So, I, yeah, after two years of that course, I just kind of went, nah, this is not for me and just kind of wandered off into the sunset and spent the next like five, six years just, just playing football and 
uh, working in retail, worked at a whole lot of uh, sports retail stores, but I was always dissatisfied because I was always, I wasn't doing anything creative. I was playing sport, which probably let me get some of the rage out, Um, but I wasn't doing anything creative. I wasn't doing anything cool. And that was eventually what made me uh, make the decision to go back and go, well, better get myself an education in something I actually like. Right. I mean, that's, that's like admirable. That's a good, uh, sometimes you can just go down a certain path. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm already here. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there was a lot of that too. It was just like, well, committed to another year of this. Let's do it for another year. And I was like, well, geez, I'm still here. Yeah. Then you mentioned that you'd done some front of camera stuff, but then you'd actually gone away from that over the last nine years while you're working there. What was the front of camera stuff you were doing before? Um, oh, it was just more, again, like it was while I went, when I went back to, when I was doing that first course, I was doing uh, a bit of stuff just through that course. Like they started to show yeah. us a bit of camera stuff, which is interesting because it was a graphic design course, but we did these one sections that were all, and I had a blast doing it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then a friend of mine was like, oh man, I'm going to be a radio host. Do you want to come do that? And I was like, that sounds great. So did some radio co-hosting stuff for a while too. And that was just at this, I can't even remember. I couldn't even tell you what, where to find it on the wireless. Um, but it was, it was on there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think just, and then after that, because I sort of, once I finished up with that and I was just working in retail, I didn't have that outlet anymore. I actually missed that opportunity. And it was um, to bring it back around to the idea of resistance. Like I always put excuses in front of myself to not do what I wanted to do. It was always like, oh, well, you haven't got much experience or you haven't got much training or you haven't, you know, you don't really know much about that or you don't know people in that. And that was part of why I went back to study because eventually it was like, well, get out of your own way. If you want to have that experience, you better go find it somewhere. And that was my my place to start. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, yeah, that's it. Even, yeah, not knowing even where to start is hard. That's why something like a degree can help because at least then you make friends and you're like, okay, at least I know where what I'm looking at. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I'm yeah. looking at. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you did that and then you were working uh, obviously as a floor manager for nine years. It was Channel 10, right? Yeah, Channel 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, okay. Uh, so, I guess this is this is part of it. You you, you had your uh, you had a production company with a few other people before and then you kind of focused on the Channel 10 stuff and now you've gone into your own one. Is there work like in terms of, I guess, money-wise in terms of, like it's a big move to go away from actual a paid thing like, television job versus having your own like that sounds bold let me put it that way like that's yeah yeah my dad was not so diplomatic with the term he used uh when i told him (laughs) not bold Um, no not visionary no no (laughs) no there's definitely some other words in there um and he's an accountant so he was like let me let me explain uh the fundamentals (laughs) of earning an income and surviving as a human being and i was like i'm listening but i wasn't um No, it was. It's like do my own I, thing I in think the creative it was, field. Gotcha. All right. Start yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still arts. remember. Like my dad's the most hugely supportive dude ever. But when I remember when I did tell him that I was again leaving jobs that were at least I was getting paid, I was getting an income, and I did say mm. I'm going to I'm going to learn film and digital media. He goes, "What the hell are you going to do then?" Like you know, he was just like, "What what does that mean?" Like you know, because you don't you don't finish it and go, "Ha ha, I'm a film director now. Yeah. I'm going to Hollywood, mum." You know, it's that's the start of the journey. That's where you start networking. You've got a lot to do. So, it's I've done that to him twice now. It's basically what I'm saying. But yeah, it was more. 
being confident in in myself in terms of the the, th- the skills that I'd learned uh, and having had a bit of experience with another production company for a while, yeah, it's like anything. There's a, there's definitely opportunity. I guess there's the jobs that pay the bills. So you know, doing corporate videos, corporate business explainer videos, um, all that stuff. You can always definitely find work in that field. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, doing, uh, I got myself like an agent so I could do some acting and stuff too, because it's all well and good to go, oh yeah, I'd want to be, uh, on radio or want to be on TV. It doesn't just work that way. You don't, there's no, you know, it's not in the newspaper that you just look up, uh, wanted ads for people who fond of themselves in front of camera. It's, <laughs> you know, it's especially in Australia, it's a really small industry. So just about going, well, I know I'm just going to earn my stripes and I'm going to get out there and just, create stuff and and if you if you're not creating content someone else will and then that's an opportunity that someone else will find or someone else will get to make something that could have been yours uh and because mm. you were doing something you weren't that pumped about yeah no i i, I yeah no, that's true so i guess like yeah because i guess like because i just think of the creative arts right and then it is like the business side and then there's the do your own thing side and obviously those can be uh two different things and i think uh some of the resistance that can come up sometimes can be like you know, you're not, you're maybe not doing something you're happy with or whatever. Um, how do you balance like, yeah, wanting to do something yourself versus like what you have to, I guess, like what, what, how does your heart decide what you want to do, I guess, in any circumstance when you're picking something? <laughs> That's a good, that's a very good question. And, and the number one is don't always listen to your heart. <laughs> let it pick its, let it pick its moments. One of my favorite parts of the book, um, it is a huge section that um that Stephen talks about, and it is that be a professional. So whatever you are, you be a professional at that. So it's like it's you're never just playing at or pretending to be. You are always today. I'm in front of camera, and that's what I'm doing. I'm a presenter today, and not only am I a presenter, I'm a professional presenter. So I'm not rocking up hoping I'm going to do well. I'm not going to rock up and and play at it. I'm going to go up and I'm going to present myself in the best possible way and, and give myself the best chance to, to be whatever it is I need to be. And for me, who I wear quite a lot of different hats, that's exactly how I have to think about it. It's like, yeah, if you want to succeed and you want to take the most of those opportunities, I'm like, well, what do I need to succeed in that environment? Is it, do I need to dress a certain way to feel confident that I'm embodying whatever it is? Do I need to make sure if it's a technical thing that I've got the right equipment that every time you do whatever it is, you are a professional. So the people that you're working with, you fit the archetype of who you are and what you should be. And, and they're happy that you're, and you feel good and confident in what you do. So that, that's one of the things that always sticks to me and, and I you know would use it with uh, when I was managing people as well I'm like you've got to be a professional at all, at all times even when it's fun even when it's you know some of my gigs where I'm dressing in a silly costume and it's comedy it's like yeah that is but you're still doing that professionally yeah. <laughs> you know, you've been a job. goober professionally yeah yeah. yeah yeah and that's huge that's 100% like one of my favorite things about that book and, and probably the one that stuck with me the most is that you are you're a pro uh, whether it's you're playing sport or whatever, um, at that moment, you're the best doing it, you know? Yeah. Like don't do it half-assed, I guess. Yeah. 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 And it's not about being arrogant. It's not about being I'm better than you or better. It's just about being as good as, as you can be. It's not about braggy. It's about, no, nah, I'm going to do this job, whatever it is, and I'm going to be the best version of myself doing it. Mm. So, okay. And I, as you mentioned that, it's like the one thing you took away. So, I guess, so you read it. Was there like... Firstly, how did you remember the sh- shit in it? Like, if, did you like 
bookmark certain ones which really stood out for you? Is there ones you look at when you want to get a boost in a certain way? Like, how do you do you have any method or you just read it once and you're like, that's cool. And then you've moved on. Yeah, it was weird because, again, yeah, like I can remember every sort of like Simpsons or South Park quote I've ever heard. Um, but for some reason, the written word doesn't stick in your head as well. And especially in a book that is literally, here's a quote, here's a quote, here's a quote yeah. or short sentences. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. I, don't, I didn't have that much mental real estate. I kind of probably felt two or three really stuck with me and that overall it was more the feel of the book. If that makes sense, that was that was oh. the vibe. <laughs> so much respect lost in one second. <laughs> it's kind of like that's what, that's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. No, but it is. Like, there's no other way to explain it. It just it is like it's just. It was like I remember just reading and just being like, and again, like I read it so quickly, and I was just like, because it's it. It's not a hard book to read. If anyone wants a quick motivational boost, you know, it's it's not thick. You can get through it pretty quickly. Yeah, um, because it. Yeah, it's effective. So, but yeah, like the, and just simple things that I guess probably, and I'm sure anyone who read it would find ones that probably spoke to them directly. Like one was, one was like, I think it's like the athlete knows there'll never be a day he won't play hurt. I think is the fun. I've probably paraphrased that, but effectively it's saying you're never going to be a (laughs) hundred. Butchered is probably technical, technical term. (laughs) Wait, what's it saying? Sorry. Sorry, Stephen. Um, but effectively, <laughs> it's saying that, yeah, you know, you're never going to always be, you're probably never going to be 100%, you know, the, and, and that's like an athlete goes to that. You might have a, a sore hamstring or you might have, you know, a headache that day or you've, you've got bruising from the game before, but you'll still turn up and you'll play the game just as hard because you're, you know, you're a pro and that's what you got to do. So I really, that resonated with me a lot. No. Um, so I guess like to, to flesh out the whole resistance idea, cause that, that is a large chunk of the book from my memory. And I don't actually think I finished it cause I was like, oh, there's so much here. I'll, I'll go slow. And then I just kind of didn't actually get to the end of it. Uh, because like, it seems like I just I said little... how easy it was to read. I know I'm looking real bad. <laughs> it's cause I'm respecting it. All right. I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> and, but like the big one is this whole idea of creating a, uh, like a, a being that is resistance. So, and which resistance is thinking. I've actually got a quote I've actually written down somewhere. Uh, it's like resistance is cunning. Like as in it will hit you in every single way it can when it wants to get you and things like that. Like really creating a character that is this resistance. Like it talks about how like, you know, you're going to, you're going to have sick days. Your resistance will make you think that you should stop. And resistance will say, oh, you've got to get the groceries or you've got to do this. How do you stop resistance? What Do, do you have strategies that you use like in day-to-day things or like is it very like stuff like that? What do you, what do, you do to stop resistance? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, it's it's very true. I think probably one of the strengths of reading the book, as you said, so much of it is about resistance. Like there's a whole massive chunk that just talks about it and, and identifying. And I think that's the big key. It's identifying when you are experiencing it. It's like turning it into, yeah, a real physical opposition. So it's as opposed to going, oh, I just feel tired today or I'm just having a bit of a bad day or, oh, I can't do that because I'm waiting on Joe Blogs to send me the email about it. It basically says, no, no, that's actually not true. That's you're, You've just given yourself a cop out. Good old Joe <laughs> Blogs on the email, I know. Uh, that's such a good one. That is such a good one. I love that one. Oh, they've got to get back to me. I can't do anything till then. That's such a good one. I love that one. <laughs> Exactly, because because it, it, technically, yeah, resistance, aka the 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 evil part of your brain, like no one lies to you better than yourself. Like it's like I'm gonna start my diet on Monday, or I'm gonna, yeah, I'll finish that once I finish this episode of the show. You can always find that excuse, find that that reason, and that's exactly what the the resistance is. It knows you because it's it's part of you, so therefore it can always say the thing that will make you want to do less or or cut that corner. So. Once you know a little bit about it and you can start to go, ah, that's just me being silly there, you know, you can you can call it out. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's not identifying like an evil clone from a, from a you know, movie, but there is a little bit of that. It's identifying and understanding your own brain a little bit better. And it's just, yeah, he puts it in a really smart way and I like that. Hmm. So, so what do you, what do you, do you have any techniques you try to do to like, is there any habits you've established to try to help with that or is it not something you really need to feel the need to do? I missed that. I did not answer that in the last one. Yes, you're 100% <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I skirted the question because I don't have any answers. No. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is that thing. And, and for me, it was uh, really <laughs> – I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it. <laughs> um, it was just about being practical. So I, I'm learning what my own – and there's a little bit of, I guess, you know, for want of a better way to put it, self-evaluation is, is in the book. Like it doesn't tell you to do it. It doesn't give you exercises, but it does tell you to understand – you know, what your own strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and mine is that I'm a bull at a gate when I'm enthusiastic and I, and I go 100%. And then 
I'll push really hard for a certain amount of time and then I'll experience sort of two or three of those resistance roadblocks and they'll take the wheels out from under me and I can put it down. So it's more about building construct uh, a, a construct that lets me get things done. Um, and uh, I coined the term because uh, no one else I'm sure has ever said this, but like I look at myself as a structured creative. If there's no structure, I can't get things done. So if there's no deadline or if there's no sandbox with clear definitions to play in, I'll wander off. But if it's like you've got to have this project done at this date and these are the following uh, you know, guidelines and on what it has to be, that helps minimize my resistance because I've got uh, a deadline I have to hit. I've got some clear KPIs I need to hit. So I'll write those down. I'll put that down that this is what I need to do. This is when this project's done by. And that stops a bit of that, um, you know, perfection versus completion kind of thing too of a creative project's never done. Um, but if you've got a deadline, it has to be. So, yeah, little little structures like that for myself um, and everyone will have to work out what they, they mean to them of how, how they work. But for me, yeah, it's just here's a goal and you've got to hit it or you're letting yourself and or other people down as well. And that can be a strong motivator. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, true. That's, <laughs> but then again, if you just don't care what other people think, you can just do whatever you want. You're not letting anyone down. Yeah. <laughs> it's also true. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like people are the worst. I don't care. So that's exactly. why I said yourself as well. For those that think like that, don't let yourself down. Okay, that's a much more, yeah, that's, that's your proactive way of putting it. Um, <laughs> the, the So I, I guess I feel the need just because we've... Uh, We've done so much on this book and I feel like I want to give some street cred to you because I know you actually have read widely as well. So before we keep going with the self-help one, you did mention a second book you want to talk about. And the reason I'm actually kind of forcing this in is because I would love to talk about this book as well. Um, so you you love your sci-fi and fantasy, but the second book, which is The Forever War, that's another one you liked, which is a totally different direction from what we're currently talking about in terms of uh, The War of Art. But I'm wondering why that hooked you. So that, that book is about... a uh, thousand year war essentially and two people in it who last the whole time thanks to the relativistic time is that just a fun story for you or why did that hit you yeah thank you for actually i do love this book too and i said i was having um a bit of a panic attack trying to narrow it down too because yeah as you said i'm a huge fantasy and and sci-fi nerd and i think that comes more from escapism so the opposite of what the um the war of art's trying to do that's trying to get me to live in the now and complete things and i'm like you know what i'd rather be in a galaxy far far away thank you very much um (laughs) so yeah don't worry that's I think one of the the reasons the Forever War really stuck with me, um, one, it's it's beautifully written, but I love, I've also, as well as sci-fi and fantasy and probably the common element uh, is that war thing and, and growing up as a weird little kid, I've always been, I've always found that like humans and combat and warfare very interesting. Like it's a very weirdly interesting thing, not because uh, I'm into the blood and gut side of it, but it's like more so much you hear about, um, you know, the effect that it has on people and the uh, you know, having relatives who have fought in wars, uh, growing up, you know, going to Remembrance Day and all that stuff. You know, we're lucky enough not to have uh, myself anyway, ex- have to experience or, or go through any of those things. But the, I always find it so interesting hearing the stories about like that dislocation when people do come home after something so hugely um, traumatic and, and, and life-changing. And at the time when I read this book, my um, partner, her um, father was a returned serviceman uh, and he was uh, totally and permanently incapacitated basically 
from his experience over over in Vietnam. And I was just like, wow, like this is a guy I speak to, a lovely guy, you know, all this stuff. But his experiences in that thing had totally obviously had such a profound effect on his life that, yeah, he was a different person when he came back. And that's just, um, for one, I'm just changing this really dark direction, <laughs> but that's I find right. that that's... Yeah. That um so so um interesting that that that, that can happen that, that these effects and this book's actually written by uh, return um uh, by Joe Joe Haldeman who's a return Vietnam veteran himself and it's a lot of the experiences about yeah the the time relativity and all that comes from his own feelings of disconnection from his time in Vietnam so um, oh, yeah okay. so that's where that idea of the character as he gets further and further from earth and more things change while he's away and he comes back and doesn't recognize it. And that's a real common thread of, of a lot of return service men and women that they come home and don't recognize it or don't, don't have a place anymore, which I find mm. really dark, but interesting. It's yeah. just, yeah. Okay, that's humans a- are amazing individuals. Okay. Firstly, so two things I want to say. Firstly, have you read the, 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 it's not a sequel per se, but it's the other half kind of to forever or the forever piece. Did you read that? Uh, I actually haven't, which, oh again, I haven't, which is ludicrous, right? Bro. This is one of my favorite books, and I didn't read the, I didn't read the sequel. Well, it's because it's not a sequel. It's it's a companion. It's a different, like, kind of look yeah. at it. It's really good. Really, uh, conceptually, it's actually better, I would say. It's, it's actually out of – it's a book that's really stayed with me in terms of the concept that it's got in it. It's very, very, very good. Highly recommend The Forever Peace, Joe Haldeman. It's a – yeah. It, it 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 actually lasts longer in a way. Well, then that that rules that part out. But this <laughs> is. Um, I said I wasn't taking recommendations, but it's on the list. It's on the well, list. It's a pretty safe. Straight after this, I've got to say, no, I highly recommend. It's very very good. Um, but when you're saying the the looking at the people who've gone away and then their lives have changed almost. Um, how can I say this? I. So when you look at something like that. I think one of the tendencies we have, which I think I actually would as well, is you look at something like that and there is a weird um, inspirational thing in it a lot of the time when you look at someone who's gone through something like that and they're still going and you're like, oh, yeah. And it can kind of like get you sort of enthused, I guess. It's like, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do stuff as well. Is that an element which ever comes into play when you look at this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is that... um yeah, like not uh, I I um I've got it bad, but they've had it worse kind of yeah, thing. But I think it's like more, that. yeah, it's more definitely yeah. that idea of resilience and 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 being able to yeah uh, power on and 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 even that they said for them obviously the the ending of the book's all about you know them trying to find their place and it goes full circle with a lot of that without spoiling anything for those who want to read it. But yeah, like it is that thing of it's it is that next step and there's that little bit of inevitability about each part of the story is that he keeps, it's like, I'm done after this. Things transpire and it's the next adventure, you know, and it's, uh, I've just got to get to this spot and then I can rest or I can reset. And that spot always just gets moved that little bit further and a little bit further. And I mean, that's fundamentally the the core of all great adventure books and stuff like that, isn't it? It's always, we've got to get from A to B, but how we get there is the story. Um And so I think there's a, a lot of that. Yeah, with our own lives, we see that too. We always go, I'll feel better when I get this or once I get to this holiday, but that's just the next step or the next part in your your, your own journey, which is really cool. Yeah, I know. I know. You could almost say that uh, life has lots of resistance in it. <laughs> you, you, you nearly could. <laughs> you kind of could, couldn't you? <laughs> just because My mind's blown. Together. I'm tying it together um, because... <laughs> 
I just wonder, motivation-wise, because this is obviously a big part of the resistance is just motivation. Like, can you be fucked? Because <laughs> if you're motivated enough, you can do anything, <laughs> essentially. So, is that something that you found yourself battling with? And, like, this is why I'm kind of trying to do... I'm stretching hard here, but, like... No, I dig it. I dig yeah. it. So, is that something I you think found, it- like, when you were younger or whatever? Or something that you've not had an issue with? Like, you mentioned being yeah, fairly think- ADD, so that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, no, I think that for me, it's it is a uh, a a big part of it is yeah for myself is yeah exactly. I've always probably felt like I am, um, and yeah, probably back to what I just said that last answer that that idea of wandering. It's always be like when I get to this next spot, it's like that'll be where my happiness is, or if I get to this next location, that's the answer to what uh, the next thing that I needed for my life to to take that next step. So yeah, definitely, I think there's a huge amount of that with um. And and that's always been my attitude too. Sometimes with things when they haven't gone right, is to grit your teeth and get through it. You know that's been the attitude, and maybe cop a few too many more blows than you needed to if you had have maybe changed directions or tra- changed a new path. Whereas myself, I don't like to give up on things, so right. I'll just put the helmet on and, and keep trudging forward. So maybe there is a little bit of that militaristic aspect of it, uh, the old uh, hammer and anvil approach versus uh, something with a little bit more subtlety. <laughs> and that idea that, yeah, some of those resistances are like, a big thing, again, to to segue back. But, yeah, t- finding working out what resistances for yourself uh, you know that you've created but also understanding when there's resistances which you can't control and then that's the time gritting your teeth is is not worth it gritting your teeth to get through that you're actually fighting against an external force that isn't you mm. and therefore your control over it's a little bit more uh, limited so that's where you might need to think a bit more laterally about how you go about it so for myself yeah that's a huge thing is you've got to i've got a um the combat approach <laughs> to things. Uh, yeah, learning when to fight and not to fight um, that resistance is, is a key thing from both stories, I think. Right. Um, the uh, other side, I guess, uh, I, because of this pursuit you've got into this creative thing, and it sounds like you, you were always kind of in it, but also weren't really sure. Did you have a background? Like, was your family in anything creative at all? Or were you kind of like the only one that's gone off in this direction? <laughs> well, my dad's an accountant. Um, yeah, as you mentioned. And- yeah, yep. As I said, after the strong financial advice earlier in the episode, um, and my mum is is more probably a bit more. Uh, I take after her a bit more in her approach to the world with her her wandering way. She's done a whole whole range of things, um, but part of it was she um, was in the military um, for a while. She was a police uh-huh. officer. Um, she's had lived a really interesting and and, and great um, life. Is it not that my dad hasn't? He has too. <laughs> Numbers <laughs> but are I interesting. Guess, All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's more. I've always said like you know for if i want the black and white answers of things i'll talk to dad if i want all the colors in between i talk to my mum um and that's really good it's always given me the balance because sometimes you do need to be you know kicked up the ass and sometimes you do need to be patted on the head so you know they and they can both do both but you know you're gonna if you know it's you know if i want to get which one answer i definitely also know which way i can go right. um, so it's funny the um, but, been the military's the nicer one <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, she she had a gun. <laughs> yeah. but, no. Um, but no, so that's, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that their direction has always been, well, what do you want to do? You know, like they'll, they'll both of them will always back me 100% into do what, whatever I do. And that's also what gives me the confidence to go, okay, I want to go do creative stuff and, and I'll work it out. So although they are nervous for me, they're also like, well, if that makes you happy and that's what you're going to do, 
go for it. Like, you know, we'll, we'll have you back kind of thing. So that's, I'm very lucky in that respect. Not everyone uh, would have that opportunity, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and that's, I guess, I mean, that's that's a good framework for an attitude as well. So you didn't have to battle against that stuff. Inter- yeah, yes, exactly. That sounds like a really good, yeah, internal motivation to have there. That's that's a big resistance to not have to deal with. I got to say that much. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's true, exactly. And it's I and I, I don't take that for granted because exactly like I said, talked about those external pressures. That's a significantly huge amount less. Uh, external resistance if you know have a family that wasn't as supportive and was like geez if you're not a doctor you're a failure or if you're not following in my footsteps you're a failure i'm lucky not to have ever had that kind of pressure um Mm. uh just they're like yeah just do what makes you happy succeed at whatever it is and and yeah same thing be good at it be a be a pro at it so that's a, a good way to be Right. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, now, I just want to, I just before we finish, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, what you're currently doing with this everybody panic uh, thing right now. Because you said you started that last year. Is that right? Yeah. It's again, I've started the, the business name itself registered, I think, three or four years ago. But, and it was sort of t- ticking away in the background. I do a lot of freelance gigs and just pick up uh, different bits and pieces of work I wanted to do um, alongside what I was doing previously. And then I got lucky enough to start producing a TV show uh, in conjunction with my other job. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I've got to, <laughs> I can't keep doing this other full time job that I was unfortunately losing interest for for a whole range of reasons over and over. So I was like, well, I've got that business there. I've just got to, it's like any, you've got to put time and energy into it. So again, I was taking, I, I spent probably too long in my last job because of resistance um, and and those fears, no money. What if you, you know, you can't pay your mortgage? What, you know, what if you can't afford the, you know, uh, a ring for your fiance or, you know, all those things, all those, I always kept finding an excuse to stick with the paycheck, but it was actually getting really sad because of it. I was always down. I was always a bit flat and I wasn't enjoying that job. So the resistances eventually, actually it pushed the other way. It was like, well, the only resistance is you think a paycheck is, is what makes you happy um, where there's other ways. Yeah. No, Cause I mean, that's, it's a big, like I said, I, I'm just interested in it because it's a big move, but it's obviously you'd already set up a little bit beforehand before you'd done the switch across uh, because now it's all self-motivated, right? Now it's all just you. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're, um, if, if I've got some business advice, um, if you okay. want to start a business, don't do it in a pandemic. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I wasn't gonna go there, but I was gonna go there. So I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> the, the dating of when you did this, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I said, yeah, it's manic in its own way. It would be even more manic if I told you that when I did, um, that my partner, she, my fiance, she also said, you know what, you're onto something, challenge accepted, I'm leaving my job as well. (laughs) And so a month later, she also left her job to work for her own business. So we're (laughs) as silly as each other. But here we are. We're we're doing all right. We're we're alive. We haven't we haven't gone under. Um, you, you don't so, look hungry. That's good. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. If anything, I look the opposite of hungry. Okay. Well fed. Yeah. It's a it's a long lockdown. It's all right. Um. So, uh. And I guess yeah. Just on that thing because that is. So you felt the pressure to stay, and you were a bit scared. But then eventually, you just felt so shitty. <laughs> Essentially, you're like, I can't do this anymore. So you left. I mean, I've, I always think that's just because I've had some people comment on that before even about something that I went through but it's funny because like for you I'm guessing it wasn't a hard thing in the end like when you actually left it was like I've got to <laughs> like, in, 
Yeah, I, the 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 hardest bit that I that I genuinely found was literally saying goodbye to like the people that I worked with. Like they were like family. Like you know, but we'd all been there for so long, and especially being at the network for as long as we had, we'd gone through so many rounds of redundancies. You know, we're in a you know working for a network that had been under siege for. Th- two uh, three quarters of my time there it was under siege financially and things were happening and, and really good friends lost their jobs and so what held it all together was those bonds between everyone who worked together it was all that you know yeah they were your family you still turned up every day we still made television it was still great we still loved doing it and we were passionate so the hardest bit in the end wasn't yeah leaving the job I I didn't I didn't miss it and I don't miss it because it it had lost its joy it wasn't fun it wasn't a good place to be but the people that was the hard bit because I love people I'm a people person we and, that, and especially in a like that you're a team you're a little team environment and you're all taking the hits together so you you build a sort of special bond but the job nah peace I'm out. <laughs> That part was really well. That's some like part of my guess would be the fact that you did it during a pandemic. Like you didn't not know the pandemic was on, so obviously you're yeah. like, you're like, this is still worth it. So that does seem like a yeah. It must have been a very much felt like the right time to do it. I think I, I worked on the news every day. I had to sit through nearly every one of those Dan Andrews press conferences for about a year and a half. I can tell you, I was very very informed about the pandemic, um, and can tell you that yeah, no, it was still it was still the righteous. I mean, look, it was, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Um, you know, with other uh, with other people, it was affecting my health too. Like I was genuine. I wasn't looking after myself as well. You know, I'd always been a fit, sporty guy. You know, I was I was gaining weight because I was eating poorly because I was sad. You know, wasn't passionate about what I was doing, and all those things they, they add up. Like, and in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. so I was drinking too much. So I was like, you yeah. know what? Like, I can leave, and I can, if you know, I can, do, I can do all those things at home. I don't need a, a job to pay me to do to be sad. Um, hmm. So yeah, it was a, a, just about yeah, looking at yeah again, taking away that resistance of, for, and for everyone, this is so much. We are driven by that desire that money. And the security of it equals happiness, and to, and we stay in jobs we're not happy with. And and my dad said, again, accountant dad, don't let you know your old stress now turn into financial pressure. And that's not a bad way to a bad way to look at it because it's like, well, if you put the structures in place, a bit like how I usually defeat resistance and have a plan and have things to motivate me to to keep pushing forward. You can always you can always um, find work. You can always earn. You know, after you can go work in a supermarket, you might find you enjoy it more because it's less stressful. It doesn't have to be what you thought it was. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's easy to say. But yes, you've actually you've done well because you've gone in the direction of actually doing your own creative enterprise with it. Have you got anything exciting yeah. uh, on the cards sometime soon coming out? Yeah, well, that you're working on. I was. I got really excited when I first left. Yeah, and and it was the first sort of two three months um, out out of COVID. The first time I was like, oh, wait, maybe that might have been version three point I can't remember which one it was, no one but knows. it was the end. Of, you know, December January start of the year, and I was really excited because all of a sudden things were starting to open up again. Creative projects were going, companies were wanting to to do things. I uh, landed my first commercial. I was I uh, went and spent some times a time on a, a TV show working as well as cast for the first time. Um, and that was really, really cool, really uh, great experiences. And I was like, I've nailed this timing. I've Stephen Bradbury this. Like I've just slid in at the right time. And then we copped, I think, the next three lockdowns. So that was a bit more of a reality check. It's harder to do creative. You can't film anything and all that. But uh inspired me to do 
find other outlets. So our things through animation, podcasts, there's still a lot of ways to create content and be creative. You've just got to think a little bit differently and, and pivot quickly. So, and being a small one man band business, it's a lot easier. I'm not a big uh, network or a big machine trying to change how we make, make shoes. Um, I can just be like, yeah, I'm doing it this way now. So yeah, just being nimble and being able to, to, to roll with the punches has been the, the, the best thing about it. And just, I've done so many, I did some audio work the other week, just all the different types of jobs that have popped up and being like, that sounds cool. I'm going to try that. All right. And I guess uh, one last thing then uh, on that note, uh, do you, like, is there an angle of creativity that you're trying to do? Are you trying to say something? You're just trying to have a laugh? Like, is there anything like actually on your own terms that you're trying to put together? Apart from obviously yeah, the work definitely. With else and all that. Yeah, I love, I love, storytelling is always fundamentally what, what, I think I like, you know, not, I think I know I like doing, I love telling stories and that can be, you know, for a client thing, it can be telling their business's story and all that stuff. But when I strip that away, I guess, yeah, I love comedy and I'm like making people laugh to, to forget about whatever else is going on. So yeah, for myself, I've got uh, a few little uh, studio show I'm working on at the moment, which once we get out of this lockdown, I'll be able to finally get in the studio and start recording, which I'm really, really looking forward to. And that's going to, I guess, be the, the, the thing that the meat and potatoes uh, jobs of corporate videos will be funding is that more fun sort of stuff. So having a laugh and, and a bit more of a, a tongue-in-cheek look at things is, is my main sort of thing. I don't, I don't want to talk about too much because I don't want to ruin it. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some stuff on the, on the near, very near horizon nice. I'm really excited about. Are you getting the classic thing of like over-editing over things now because you can't go and film it? So instead you just sit there going over it 500 times until it means nothing and you've gone some crazy direction? <laughs> Almost definitely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It cha- and the idea, the worst thing, yeah, it changes daily because it can, because I don't have to shoot it tomorrow or there's no deadlines yet. So all those those things we talked about, yeah, the sooner I can get in there and actually just go, we're starting, means it'll it'll all calm down. It'll, yeah. it, it'll happen. Yeah, I know that one. Okay, um, awesome. That's uh, I think that uh, ties this up. Yeah, I guess if anyone wants to follow you, is there anywhere they can follow what you're doing? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the website uh, is everybodypanic.com.au uh, if you want to go check out the, the video content and stuff we do there. My podcast is up there as well. Uh, otherwise, yeah, just my Instagram uh, is Reese J Salmon. So head over there and that's always got updates and all the shenanigans I'm up to. So yeah, if you do st- creative stuff and you want to collaborate, uh, I always love hearing any and all good ideas. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll put those uh, links in the description. But yeah, thanks very much for being on, Reese. That was awesome. Nah, no stress at all. All right, cheers. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you can have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.